Welcome to episode two of Outdoor Odysseys. I am Shane. I'm Josefina. I love spring. It's a beautiful spring day. It's supposed to snow, I think, in three days, but hopefully, (laughs) at least right now, I think we had a high of 65, 66 today, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Just absolutely amazing. But anyway, welcome, folks, to another episode. Um, We, again, are a fairly new podcast, but uh, we want to go ahead and talk about... Uh, different things of uh, tips on trips, how to find things, some uh, hacks, some new gear, and nomad stories, actually, to lump everything down towards the end. If you remember, listen to episode one, we had a nomad story about the sheepdog, and, and I don't know, I, I don't know how else, I don't know, do you have another, another name for what he was or what he was doing? Uh, he was the man with the plan. He absolutely was. I don't <laughs> understand, but it was still so funny. It was still so funny. So that was the one that we talked about. Uh, we went up to Red Top Mountain, and that was the story of the dog coming down, <laughs> hurting the sheep all by himself, because I, I don't remember seeing humans, although there might have been some involved. I just don't remember seeing them. But with that being said, uh, we're actually going to kind of change your gears and go that way. So we're going to focus a little bit on Washington. Last episode, we did Utah. Uh, and this is kind of what we'll do. We'll kind of bounce it back and forth a little bit, cross-country, you know, across the Northwest, what we see, what we do. Uh, but this actually, this trip was kind of neat for me because it was, you know, I introduced it to you and there's so many things to find on this. So Josephine and I are going to kind of pitch it, you know, how to find it, directions to get there, and then what actually is up there because it is absolutely amazing. So are you ready to wrap it out? Yeah. So we, again, we're living in Wenatchee, Washington, about three and a half, roughly four hours out of Seattle, give or take which way you go. Um, Just a beautiful area. You know, you're right on a mountain range, so many cool things to see. And I stumbled on something with my son uh, a few years prior to meeting Josefina um, called Red Top Mountain. And it was actually a recommendation from a friend of mine who is an avid... He taught me, he was one of the first people that really taught me what dark skies meant and light pollution meant at at the time, you know, and again, early, mid twenties, maybe I never really heard the phrase. I never heard the phrase of light pollution. I never got what it was, but I realized, you know, living near Seattle, living, you know, near these cities, you would, you you didn't have the same starscape (laughs) as people that lived out in the middle of nowhere. You just didn't have it. So he actually kind of taught me why. And, you know, as dumb as it sounds, I didn't know. You know, it was one of those things where I was just young and I didn't pay attention. Um, And one of the places that we discussed was Red Top Mountain, just because of where it's at. So first, let's kind of knock down where to locate it. So it is in Washington State. And again, it's between Cleelum and this uh, beautiful little historic town called Leavenworth. It's kind of a tourist trap, to be honest with you. But if you've never been there and you're within six hours drive of uh, of Leavenworth and or Cleelum, it's well, well worth the trip for sure. But this place actually is on 97. And if anybody wants quick directions to it, most of you who live in the Seattle area know I-90. I-90 kind of shoots through most of the United States, but it comes down through Seattle and then heads west and heads east. If you want to go ahead and take exit 85, it's called Highway 970, and you're going towards Wenatchee, you'll see signs for it, and it's actually Highway 97. 
And what Highway 97 does is it connects I-90 to Highway 2, I think, right? Correct, babe? Yes. Yeah. So Highway 2 is on the other side. It connects. It's a little, it goes up and over the pass. Um, Nice little drive. You know, it's not, I think it's 28, 32 miles altogether that kind of ties them together. But when you get 18 miles into it from the Seattle side, you know what? You're going to see Mineral Springs Campground. You want to take a left on Forest Road 9738, uh, and it'll be marked. It's clearly marked. There's actually an old abandoned cabin that sits right there at the foot of it. So you want to take a left there, and you want to go up the road about three miles. Again, take in mind that it is dirt road. You know, it's it's fairly rural. It's uh, maintained. But in the wintertime, it can be a little rough. You know, you want to make sure that you got a 4 by rig for sure to go up there. And you want to follow signs that actually get up to Red Top Mountain. And, again, it's about a little under three miles. But once you go around the corner, once you actually get to the parking lot of the lookout, it's around the four-mile mark. So it's not too bad. And it's a beautiful drive just to get up there. And once you get to the parking lot, you'll be able to see the actual lookout itself. And so we wanted to cover a little bit of history on the lookout because I'm a that's I'm that guy. I'm the guy that just enjoys talking about things that were put up. For those of you who live in a place where you have forests, you have trees, you have you know Washington is a good example. You know there is fire dangers. Obviously, you know California this year, or I'm sorry, last year, I guess, just devastated by forest fires and and what what happened. Uh, and every year it seems to be the same. Again, I was born in Montana, and, and I would have fires like it was a fire season. And you know, some most people across the country know spring, winter, fall, summer, but there's a fire season for those of us who live in an area like this. And you know, this area here in Washington is absolutely no different. So what the National Park Service ended up doing, and the National Forest Service is, they built these lookouts up on top of these mountain ranges where they could see all across the country, but I know a lot of them on the west side where they could see everything. And what they were doing basically is watching for lightning strikes. They're watching for lightning strikes to actually happen so they can be the first ones to report fire if anything occurred. And so that's really what Red Top is. Uh, It's a lookout that was actually built. Elevations around the 5,300 elevation, which is fairly high. It was actually established in 1924, that area, but the structure had burnt down once before and it was rebuilt. And the current one that you can see was built actually in 1952. What's really cool about it, and I I think, you know, we hiked there, babe, when we went up actually to that thing. And it's what, a mile, I think a mile hike when you get to the parking lot and you actually go up to the lookout and it literally sets on kind of a rock if, yeah. if you remember. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty steep, and uh, some of the trails are narrow, so it was a little scary because I am afraid of heights. But, mm. um, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good hike, though, because it's so beautiful because you're actually going up a mountain on top of a rock, and it's really, really beautiful. You can see. I mean, it makes sense why it's an outlook because you can see, I mean, just a 360 view of, of a beautiful forest there. Oh, yeah, everything. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. The cool thing about this, too, that we want to mention, um, for those of you who might be you know within the area wanting to drive there, you actually, so that lookout, and, and a lot, 
like a lot of them across the country, a lot of them really aren't. They're maintained a bit by the National Forest Service, but they're not managed and they're not manned just because they don't have the manpower to do it. So what's unique about this is you can actually put your name on a list and you can sign up to spend a weekend up at the lookout. And really, all it takes is you can go up, you can sign your name on the list. If you're picked, they run you through like a, a, I think it's a four-hour, six-hour class on some of the equipment that's in the tower. Again, it's really basic and what to look for. And then if you do see something, so you're technically, even though you're volunteering and you're, you know, it's kind of a free campsite for you, I guess, for that weekend, your job is as a fire watcher. What's really cool is that I looked at that list, Josephina, and I couldn't, like it was eight months, nine months out. I couldn't find wow. any open. That's good though. Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome because people kind of found out that, yeah, they can do this. So when you go up there, you more than likely will find somebody who has camped and reserved that lookout for that weekend. So the stipulation is this. They understand that tourists are going to go there. They understand hikers are going to go there. And so there's guides basically during that class you take, not only how to watch a fire, but how not to be a dirtbag. You know, clean up, <laughs> clean up your stuff, make your bed, you know, everything laid out because you're going to have people kind of walking through the lookout and around the lookout while you're staying up there. And so that's the only caveat. You know, if you're someone who really wants to be secluded and not have anybody bug you, I don't, don't sign up because that's not going to happen. But at night, it absolutely is just phenomenal to be up there by yourself with nothing but your, your, just your mind and your soul, you know, looking out at 6,000 feet, kind of cool. So this is one of those lookouts that's on that list. And there's a bunch across the country and you can find them on the um, actual Forest Service website. And there's links to that. So uh, for those of you who don't know, you can do that. You can do that. And it's kind of cool. But it actually, again, Lookout built in 1952. Uh, it's amazing. They just restored it not too long ago in the 70s they did. And then 2017, they did some updates as well. Um, there is a porta potty out there, a little outhouse that sits next to it. But I'm going to kind of turn this over to Josephina. There's more than just a Lookout. Uh, the Lookout was cool in itself. But it, it just it gets bigger and it gets better and and this is one of the reasons we wanted to talk and introduce you guys to Riptop. Yes, so um, one of the reasons why we went out there not only to hike that mountain was also to look for thunder eggs, and I had no clue what I was doing. I know Shane was just like, "Oh, we're gonna go hunt for thunder eggs." I'm like, "Oh, okay." Um, <laughs> as long as it's we're doing something outdoors, I'm all for it. So. Um, we had went and hiked, and I'm looking on the ground, and I see nothing but rocks, of course. I have no idea what I'm looking for. And those of you that don't know, thunder eggs, are they look similar to a rock, right? But they, they're sphere, kind of like a baseball-sized rock. Um, and when you find one, you have to open it to see what's inside. It's kind of like, you know... A prize in your McDonald's Happy Meal. <laughs> um, you open it and then you can find like, you know, agate, uh, jasper, opal, some have quartz. Um, it's just a matter of finding them. Um, so that was pretty tough for us to do. Um, unfortunately, we didn't find any. Uh, but on our hike down the mountain, we I stumbled like I was still looking. I don't know why I was still looking down at the ground as I'm hiking down. Um, God, and you I, upset me so much when you did this. And I, just I happened to stumble across um, some quartz on the ground. And I'm like, oh, my God, is this what we're, we've been looking for? And Shane's like, 
God damn it. Yeah. Like what, what is going on? Where did you find that? And I'm like, I just found it on the ground. And he's like, well, yeah, that's what we're looking for. But you have to look for the actual thunder egg itself, not it broken up open already. (laughs) So, um, that was like pretty cool to find. Cause I honestly, I was like, I don't know what I'm looking for, but I know it's a round rock. (laughs) That's crazy. And the thing is when you say round rock, it literally is, it's not even, you. it's just so inconspicuous. Yeah. Like, it looks like nothing. It looks like this exactly. black brown. So, you know, when you say you got to break them open, you absolutely have to do some homework to, to kind of dig into them. So, and I feel bad for you because we left the lookout and it's, it's a ridge. Like, it's pretty, I'm not saying it's dangerous. So, I, I, I guess don't take that from it. You just, if you have little kids, be cautious. Be yeah. cautious with them. There's railings and everything down there, but but it is a ledge and it is a ridge. It is pretty steep. Yeah. Um, just kind of watch them, you know, when you leave the lookout. And I, I think, Josephine, it's, what, about a quarter mile, a half mile from the lookout itself. Mm-hmm. You kind of walk down the ridge and then you'll you'll see a tree line opens up and it gets flat and it gets into a, kind of a plateau. Right. And yeah. That's, well, you'll you'll see the holes basically in the ground. Yeah. So I was just a little nervous because it does get narrow and you're basically on a cliff. But yeah, that's why you need to be careful and and watch what you're doing. But um, it is safe to walk through. But just you always you never know a high wind can come up and knock you over. You never know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jinxies completely. <laughs> but no, it's uh it's so beautiful because there's so many things up there to see and and you and i are both well i i I don't know if i made you but we're both rock people like we just really love finding there's so many different minerals and gemstones and and rocks in in different parts of the country and you know you can find them here but you can't find them here on on a side note a side story i should Mm say Mm -hmm. um when we were moving from spokane washington (laughs) to salt lake city uh shane was busy working so i had taken some some time off to start packing and stuff and his uncle did come over and help us he's how old is your uncle stan he's uh he's gonna be 80 this year yeah he's a little bit older but he was you know kind enough to come over and and help us move um and he (laughs) stumbled across one of our boxes and he's like rocks i'm carrying a box of rocks for you guys what is what (laughs) I didn't come here to move rocks. I just put rocks on it, which is a box of rocks. Yeah. He's like, I didn't come here to move rocks. (laughs) It was pretty funny that we have boxes of rocks. And yeah, we have a few boxes, so it's it's yeah. insane. <laughs> we we have rocks everywhere. It's it's actually got out of hand a bit. And in fact, I I made a trip to Area Fifty One for um uh, some other friends that I have, and they didn't mean anything. But I picked up several rocks from that area just to say, just so I can say, hey, look, I got rocks from Area Fifty One. They're nothing, but they're still a rock. Yeah, kind of <laughs> kind of cool. But anyway, but what's really cool about that place, like you were saying, Josephine, is just what you can find and. You know, I don't think it's picked out. You might have to work a little bit harder. And I think a lot of people that go there don't realize what they're seeing. And they're looking for a gemstone, like something right. shining in the dirt. And when they don't find it, they just go away. Yeah, I think that's my problem was is because I didn't know exactly what I was looking for. And come to find out, it looks like a regular rock, you know, but it's sphere. And I think that's the biggest key is looking for a sphere rock. And then you have to cut them open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And there's some beautiful ones out there. Um, there's also, if I remember right, uh, agates that you can find in that area as well. 
So I, I don't know if you stumble on that or not, but I, I don't think they're as prevalent, but, but I know there's an agate field nearby. Those are a lot harder to find than the thunder eggs, mind you. But it's just so cool. And and one of the reasons is not to get deep into Bill Nye geology. It's just how it's formed. Because right there at the elevation it is, it was peaked. It it basically, the land kind of turned itself up. And because of the pressure and everything else, this is what's found. Yeah, not only that, but it's a volcanic um, rock. That's why why they're high up in the peak up there. Yeah, yeah, great call. Um, so really cool. And if anybody with kids, again, you know, watch the, watch a trail, watch a ridge, you know, don't let them just go run in on their own. But if you're into something like that, again, Red Top Mountain in between Kalalum and Leavenworth, you know, to be general, just look it up. You'll find it. And it really is amazing what you find up there. Uh, just a really, really cool area. And there's so many things surrounding that too, that once you get back down on the main road that you can find. Um, but Red Top is just, is very surreal. And I, I don't know, maybe as weird as this sounds, there's certain places that, that we go to that just, they emanate with us and, and they're like, man, this is some of the coolest, this is the coolest area that I think we've ever been into. Some areas just kind of talk to you. And for me, Red Top Mountain's one of those, for sure. So anyway, if you have any more questions, concerns with them, you know, or want to know specifics or, you know, directions from, you know, wherever your locale may be, by all means, you can email us at uh, outdooroddysseys at gmail.com. And that's outdooroddysseys with an S, gmail.com. And yeah, we'll, we'll fill you in with whatever we want to do. And we actually have a quick segment on, um, we call this, I, you know, I don't think we really have a title for this quite yet as we're, <laughs> as we're working through things. It's like tips, tricks, hacks. It's kind of hacks, you know, hacks, new things, new inventions, things we find, things to make your life easier, no matter whether you're an RV or you're a hiker or you're in a tent or you're driving by car. When we stumble on something that's kind of cool, we just want to kind of throw it out there to you guys to say, hey, this might make your life a little bit easier. So that's kind of this segment. And uh, I'm going to turn over to Josefina. So I want to talk about the Trek chair. So this chair is pretty awesome. So it's brand new. They're still um, creating it, but it's in the works and you can join a wait list for it, which is pretty awesome because it's, Mm. you know, you could be a part of something brand new. So this chair is meant to be a lightweight, packable kind of thing to where you put it in your hiking backpack. The reason why it's like that is because Part of the pulls is part of the assembly of the chair, which is genius. Like, who would have thought? Oh, right? you mean like trekking poles? Yeah. Oh, nice. So, um, this is lightweight. It, all the items can fit in a water bottle. So simple. And then, of course, you're using, you know, your trek poles to go up hiking and stuff. So, you don't hmm. even have to worry about packing those because you're using those. It's going to be a reclining seat that... Um, holds up to 250 pounds and it's easy to assemble it takes about 30 seconds to put together and i mean it's just amazing like who would have thought to bring I, something yeah that assembles with your truck poles well i see so this things like this actually fascinate me people think about reinventing this item that's oh this item does this but they don't think about how to integrate with items that you already have that you need <laughs> yeah when you go out there you know what i mean so this is really cool. 
Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, so it's carbon fiber frame, you know, with the truck pulls. It's got a polyester back. It's got a nylon seat. You know, it's it's even got the rubber feet tips. So, you know, it's kind of all set up like a regular chair. And it's pretty amazing. So if you guys want to go ahead and check that out, um, go to trekchair.shopgogear.com. And you can join the wait list on getting that chair. Wow. I love startups. I love things like this because, yeah. you know, it really drives the people that really, hey, this is there's a need for this. You know, especially hikers that you really got to watch your weight anyway when you're out there. Yeah. And I you mean, know? just imagine like you're hiking up this beautiful mountain and you're up there and you just want to sit and enjoy the outdoors and what you've accomplished in that beautiful view. And you just have this chair that you want to put together real quick and then just enjoy it and, you know, yeah. eat, eat a granola bar, get your energy back up and drink some water. And yeah. And I'm going to think out of the box with this, you know, if you're in the desert and you don't want to sit your ass in a pile of cactus, this might be a good idea that you have this chair with you where you don't have to necessarily do that. So no, that's too cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Good. It's really amazing. Um, what's that email or what's that website again? I'm sorry. So it's trekchair.shopgogear.com. Fantastic. Listeners, look out for that. That's something that, uh, I don't know, we might add that to our uh, divvy bag. Awesome. Thanks, Josephine. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Anytime. So on to nomad stories. I'm going to wear my heart on my sleeve on this one, and nobody judge me. You don't know me anyway, so that's fine. <laughs> However, <laughs> I've so there's not many things I'm afraid of in this world, and and I'm not saying that because I'm this big macho guy. I'm I'm saying that because you know I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm not afraid of you know water. Well, I'm a little afraid of water, but anyway, <laughs> there's some things that I just some people have these weird rational fears, and I say rational because that's a very loose term. One of the main fears that I have it is not rational at all it's very irrational because there's no way that anything's gonna happen and not to go into a big story but it happened when i was a kid and uh, my dad didn't even know he did it but i was traumatized with some visits that that we went to and so i have this huge huge fear of mannequins i can't even walk through jc pennies in the clothing section without freaking out i i'm just it is what it is you guys can you know write me call me a kook whatever you want to do but mannequins and dummies and things like that, that, that something that's made to look human, but it's not human, I, it just freak me out completely. So this is actually going to feed into our episode three. Uh, we're going to let you guys know about a place in Montana that's, that's pretty amazing. It's, uh, it's one of those drive-by attractions. You know, you can stay there. Um, there's RV spots. There's other things there that we'll, we'll cover in next episode. But um, the, <laughs> the nomad story we have here for this one is uh, – you know, I've been there with my mom and dad here and there, but over the times it's changed. And this place actually is kind of a weird little mecca in the middle of nowhere. Just before you head over the Idaho border or you're heading towards Missoula, depending on which way you're going, um, it's kind of a little family owned. It's been in the family for years and years. Um, it's called the Silver, the Lincoln 10,000 Silver Dollar Bar, I think. Yeah. And. And it's really cool. And the wife and I stopped and she's never been there before. You know, we're, I think we're driving to Missoula at the time 
And, uh, you know, I'm bopping around there. I'm doing my thing. And there's a little bar. There's an old-fashioned bar that's in there that, that looks like a, you know, what you would think would be a Montana saloon when you step back in time. Like, it's kind of designed like that. And you see all the coins on the wall and everything. And, again, we're going to kind of go a little bit more in detail in the next episode because this is our roadside attraction we're going to talk about. But um, it's just really neat. And so we're always like, well, you know, we're, we're a little parched. Do you, you know, Josefina, do you want to stop and have a, you know, have a drink or whatever have you? And it's Montana and the alcohol laws are different. And sometimes there's different drinks and, you know, different places make something that's authentic to their site or their place or whatever have you. So, you know, we're always looking for stuff like that just because it's fun and it's vacation, you know? So, so what's a big deal? We go in there, we pass the slot machines because Montana, you, there actually is open gambling. And, uh, <laughs> I walk over and, and I see this person on the left-hand side of me just hanging out in a chair. And, and I'm like, and I went to turn around to say, Hey, because that's, I'm that kind of guy. And it was a goddamn mannequin <laughs> sitting in the chair. So they had the, I, I'm not, not even mannequin, I guess. What's the, what's the definition of these things? Dummies, I suppose. Yeah. I mean. Uh, they're they're just there enjoying their beer at the bar. Yeah, forever and ever <laughs> and ever, and nobody ever moves them. But they had propped these these decoys, these little dummies, up at one of the tables, and it was you know old cowboy and old old woman that was sitting there. And and if you don't catch it, unless it's out of the corner of your eye, if you look right at it, you know exactly what it is. But if you don't catch it, they're just people sitting there at the table. And I lost my shit. I couldn't, I'd look like literally a 10 year old in the middle of the bar. I didn't know what to do. I, I think I screamed a little bit. If I remember right. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, that's one of the things where, so we really got to pick and choose. Another thing that we really enjoy doing is like museums and things like that. Cause I always love seeing the history of a town or a place. Mm. Um, unfortunately, a lot of those museums. You said mannequins and said dummies. And so that has barred us from a few, I want to say all, but I'd say a few museums. <laughs> I just can't, you know, and I, and I told just fan, I was like, look, this is my weird, irrational fear. Feel free to go in there and do whatever you want to do. I'll be across the road eating an ice cream or whatever it is. Um, and she always sticks by her husband for whatever weird reasons. So, I, no, I'm I fine. try to block you from harm's way. <laughs> right. I think there was one time and I can't, I, and we might talk about in the podcast that you literally went in there and you asked the gal, Hey, um, so, so do you, do you use mannequins in your displays? And, and you kind of got the inside scoop before we actually went in and then you come outside and you went, yeah, they got mannequins in every room. I'm like, yeah, oh, nope, done. That. Yeah. Oh, we're out. <laughs> so anyway, so that's kind of our mad, our nomad story for that piece. Just actually, you know, it's one of those things. Everybody has a fair, you know, I got to deal with that one, you know, for, for what it is for sure. all right everybody so that kind of brings us to the end of this episode we you know like we said we really enjoy we want to try to cover a little bit of everything i i think here in the next few episodes coming up we're actually going to have uh some urban exploration you know we talked about vegas we talked about some of the things we do you know we've kind of been around the pike a bit um i know san diego josephina was was really a fun trip for oh, both yeah. of us uh i know philadelphia atlantic city was a fun trip for both of us so you know it, it's going to be a little hodgepodge back and forth and and again we're going to try to have some people on we do have some 
uh, friends that actually went to Norway, um, some people lined up just to talk about their experiences, you know, how they travel, what they went through, what they saw. I, I think that's all important, and I think it kind of encompasses just a love of travel in general. So anyway, if you guys have any ideas, recommendations, or places that you want us to check out or something you want to share, we would be more than happy to read an email on here about uh, a place that you went to and what you saw and why you were excited about it. That's kind of why we started this whole thing. So you can actually email us at OutdoorOdysseys at gml.com. Again, that's OutdoorOdysseys with an S at gmail.com. Write us. Let us know. Let us know what that looks like and uh, and kind of fill us in. Bring us into your little world of traveling, um, something that we always, you know, we always love to do. So, uh, Josefina, you got any wrap-ups or anything on your side? Um, nope. Just uh, enjoy yourselves out there, please. Um, if you enjoy our podcast, please share it with your friends, family, something to listen to around the campfire or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, COVID's still a thing. Um, different states are doing different precautions as far as going to different phases, different stages, uh, whatever they call them. You know, all we got to say with that is just be safe. You know, you can still travel. Uh, just travel safely, you know, and make sure that you kind of watch out for yourself and watch out for your family. And thank you very much for listening to Outdoor Odysseys. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>